Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Well, um, a very warm welcome to everyone joining us here on Word Up. A very special hi to my fellow broadcasters, Ben and Pastor Akin. How are you both doing? Glad to be at the weekend before it starts again. <laughs> but, uh, weekend's doing really well. over. Doing that's well. that's the, the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we're, uh, we're almost ending it on a, on a great note, aren't we? Studying the Word of God. <laughs> yes, amen. Yeah. No, we, 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 we are. And uh, for some of us over here, actually, we're going into half term. So a bit of a half term holiday. And um, actually, Rachel and I are going to have a bit of a holiday. So we're going to go and see our grandson in Wales. But let we better get into the study anyway. <laughs> so we are looking, as everybody knows, at the book of Revelation. And, um, you know, there's a phrase in there, looking at things soon to take place. Uh, something like that. And and we have that real sense that we are in the last days. And so, you know, it's a very relevant book for us to be studying right now. We've got to the begin. Well, we're, we're just in the beginning still. We're in chapter two and we, we're looking at the letters to the seven churches. And last week we got most of the way through the letter to the church in Ephesus and um, we, we got almost to the end there. And I'm going to um, pick up on there. We, we heard there just as a little reminder that um, the, these letters, they all start off with, you know, these are the good things you're doing. And uh, it's Jesus, of course, bringing his word to the churches through John, who sends the message through the angel to the church. I'm, I'm pleased with you. You're not tolerating wicked men. This is to the church in, in Ephesus. You're, you're testing those who claim to be apostles, but are not. You're persevering, enduring hardships. But we heard that you have lost your first love, you know, and uh, that was a serious thing. And there was a call, do the things you did at first that showed your your real love for me. And and um, and then we, we, we were talking about that last time and it finishes off this letter. It says... You have this in your favor. Another thing in your favor, you hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So we need to look at this, um, the Nicolaitans. So who wants to kick us off with what does this mean? The practices of the Nicolaitans, because as we as we hear, you know, and understand what the Lord hated about that, we can, of course, apply it to our own lives. Does it apply to us? OK, how about Ben? Do you want to kick us off the the practice of okay. the Nicolaitans. Yeah, the practice of the Nicolaitans. A bit of a mystery, really. There isn't anything clear other than what we see in maybe the later letters of uh, Revelation, especially in the next letter to the church in Pergamum, one of the ones, the other letters to the churches in chapter two. Um, but there are, there's some speculation out there, some from some of the church fathers as well, that kind of adds to this. To start with, you know, it talks about the Nicolaitans being similar to that, uh, hold to the, the teaching of Balaam, who was an Old Testament figure. But I'll, I know there's uh, others of us here who have looked a bit more at that. So, I mean, I'll, I'll look at the church fathers where uh, one of the church fathers is called Irenaeus and him and Clement of Alexandra seem to lay the identity of the Nicolaitans with a guy from Act 6 who was one of the, the deacons 
in Act 6 called Nicholas and saying that he was a, a proselyte, like a converted person from Antioch. Um, and he served in the church, but then went off into false teaching and was like a false believer. And he led the church in wickedness and immorality. Clement of Alexandria actually uh, says of the Nicolaitans that they abandoned themselves to pleasure like goats leading a life of self-indulgence. And when we read about the, them in the letter to Pergamum, you see that they're compared to Balaam from Numbers, uh, who led Israel in immorality and eating food for idols. So there's there's a kind of bit bit of um, speculation from the church fathers, which you know they've made that link to the guy in the guy in Acts. There isn't anything particularly in Acts to suggest that you know he he did anything wrong there, but. Obviously, these guys are thousands of years closer to church, the, church, yes. the early church, than we are. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, they may have had sources that we don't know anything about. Um, yeah. But certainly, you know, it, it, when we get to the letter in Pergamum, it compares the Nicolaitans to those uh, of the sin of Balaam. Uh, yes, so you've got yes. a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of stuff there that ties up with what Clement says about them being abandoned to pleasure like goats. Yes, whatever good. Mean. But yeah, there, there's this kind of, you know, yeah. speculative links okay. there. And Pastor Akin, uh, any anything from yourself on this? Yes, the, the, I mean the the only um, again just 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 moving a little bit f further on to what, what Ben said. It's only the only uh, if you like, um, I don't know if I can call them teachings or articles that I've come across have um, likened their the, their practices to to um, they, they've described it as a um, a perversion of the you know the doctrine of grace. Yes. That uh, they have mm. extended that teaching to the point where they're saying that, um, you know, since we've been saved by grace, we're therefore free to do whatever we want to do. And I guess that's where yes, the yes. immorality and, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the perversion has come in to, to, to what they were, um, <laughs> to, to what they, they thought was Christianity because, mm. because of this doctrine of grace. So that, that was what I came across was that was yes. what it was all about. It's like, you know, grace, yeah. since we've been saved by grace, then we're therefore we're free to do whatever we want to do. And uh, but there seem to be in particular, as, as Ben has alluded to, there seem to be in particular that sin of immorality yes, seemed to be right. something that was mm. particularly um, associated with, with their teachings. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, come across the same sort of thing. Sexual immorality is, is certainly, you know, continually highlighted. Uh, it seems to be this sort of mixing and, and um, compromising with the idolatry and, and the attitudes of the local community, the local religions. And if we think of Balaam uh, and Balak, uh, that uh, which, which is referred to later again in a similar sense alongside the practices of the Nicolaitans, God's people were enticed and were, were drawn into relations with the, you know, idolatrous women or w women from you know that were outside of israel that were say moabites and and into their then practices and then their sexual practices and their idolatry and, and i suppose if we relate it to today um because we through all of this we want that application well what's this mm -hmm. saying to us today like uh, you said pastor Akin, you know we can go this this kind of cheap grace road where we're not worried about standards we're not worried about the boundaries because we say oh well well you know we're free we're 
we're um, saved by by faith and grace alone and we can get away with doing this stuff and yet no it says i hate the practice of the nicolaitans and i suppose even the the teaching that it's okay to if we think of um the sexual practices let's let's pick up on that one uh, i mean we've got to mention you know we would be cowards not not to go there and and, and we think of the way that the sexual teaching and the sexual attitudes of the culture around us in the West is mm. is is pressing in and is 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 actually sifting in and being being accepted by many groups in the church, uh, you know, in different places. We think of attitudes to homosexuality, attitudes to, you know, uh, we could say even transgender and and you know these kind of we we'll say sexual practices that. Um, you know, a, a short while ago were known to be wrong and, 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 you know, sinful. And yet today, you know, they're being accepted. They're being joined in with, if you like. And, and I mean, we're living in a day where even talking like this could be, um, we could be accused of hate speech and all the rest of it. But we've got to somebody somewhere, you know, it's got to draw the line and say, no, uh, this is what the word of God says. And, 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 and so we don't get into this kind of cheap grace stuff uh, on these things. Any comment on yeah. that? Yes. You know, on these sort of. Yes, Pastor. No, I, I mean, I to totally agree with, with what you're saying. And um, it, it's it's so very important, as you know, we've been stressing and you've stressed. And, you know, it's, we, we've actually spoken about it in the church that we, we devote ourselves to, to the doctrine of the, you know, of the word of God. Yeah. And um, I think you you were reading something. I just can't remember where it was now. Where you were saying that the I think it's at the end of the I think last week you mentioned it that it also in this book it says that if anybody you know adds oh, to yes to this yes. or if anyone takes away from it yes. and it was very specific. They were God. I mean, it was being very. I mean, they they were very um, yeah. if you like tough words that he they said were, that if you add tough, anything yeah. to this, if you take anything away from yeah. this. And this, you know, it, it also applies to the counsel of God. We can't keep um, bending the word of God, adding things to it and yeah. taking things out of it just to suit the, if you like, the um, the fashion or the fad or the trend or the cultures or the age that we live in. That's right. So, um, yes, it's, it's it's tough. And like you said, you know, you can, we can get into trouble for for saying things like this. But as you rightly said, at some point, we we've, as, as Christians, as believers, we have to take a stand. And that's yeah. what we're seeing even in these letters that, um, you know, the Lord is, is commending the church here uh, for taking that stand because he says, and, and he's very strong. He doesn't say, I don't like it. Or it's, he says, I hate it. Yeah. You know, that's, that he, that's the word that he uses. I said, I hate it and you hate it. And um, yeah. he was happy with that. So he was commending the church, the Christians in Ephesus for their hatred of these practices. So it wasn't something that was to be, there was no compromise there. There was yeah. no tolerance there. It was it was clear cut. The Lord hated those practices and he commended the church in Ephesus for hating them as well. Yes, mm. yes. And can I just reiterate there, you know, God is hating particularly the fact that the people of God would be compromising and even teaching that this is OK. That's what he hates. You know, God does not hate sinners or in any any way you know he calls sinners loves sinners gives you know any any sinful practice and and we could list you know we, we were all in sin and 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 god loves us and and called us but it's he does hate the fact if his people called by his name uh mm. then teach 
practices that um, he says are are not within the, the boundaries of his word. And so, yeah, um, and, and we could add a lot of things there, not just the sexual practices, but we could say the idolatry. We could throw in there all sorts of things where materialism, for instance, and the love of things. I think you were, were you talk, bringing up that today? Yeah, you were, weren't you, Pastor Akin? Um, yes, I've mentioned it, yes, about yeah, the idols, yes, it, yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's such a big part, again, of, you know, so the love of things, and that's right, you said, you know, you talked about those heavenly things and eternal things. Yeah, we've got to be so careful because God hates these things, <laughs> you, you know, where, where they're out of sync. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Yeah, so we said, now, We've got that at the end of each one. It's look, pay attention and do the things I'm telling you to do. That's what this phrase kind of means. Look, he has a, as an ear. Let him hear what the spirit to him who overcomes. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The inference there is, look, if you if, if you don't have an ear, if you don't sort of repent and change your ways, um, if you don't overcome and I give you the grace and help to overcome. But if you don't, you know, if you do, you, you eat of the tree of life. If you don't and refuse, you will not eat of the tree of life. And I think through every letter, it's quite plain that. And yet this has a real challenge to this kind of idea. You know, the, the cheap grace that I mean, we won't go down the one saved, always saved. I think. It, <laughs> but because I think there's there's those who express that. Uh, they're saved and, and we don't know if they are. Only God knows. Just to add with the yeah. he, who, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's quite intrigued because uh, I, uh, I was speaking at a, uh, a life group recently about the parables and the whole thing with the parables is like with the, uh, the seed that falls on the ground. Some is taken, you know, and grows, some is snatched away. And it's like who, he who has an ear let him hear and who are the ones who have an ear that the ones who have an ear are the ones that have received the word of God and responded and the ones that Jesus came to and, and heard the word of God and didn't respond and rejected it they they were the ones who who were deafened to understanding things like the parables and to receiving the things of God it says again and again in scripture like Jesus even said Blessed are you, your eyes, for they see, and your ears that hear. Because many prophets and righteous people long to hear and see what you, what we see and hear. And in Corinthians, again, Paul, we have received the Spirit of God, so we can understand the things given by God. So there's that initial kind of, you know, receiving of the word. And if it, if you, you do not, you know, receive the word and are saved in, in, you know, in your heart and in your mind, and you're you're being redeemed and sanctified, which means God makes you holy the more you love him the more you change you change by standing before him and and beholding him you, you're tran transformed inside and you're growing yes. godly and you're growing your christian walk and you understand things and god does do like a progressive understanding yes. uh, he slowly changes our lives and those that do not hear they they can't receive some of the teachings like for instance you know bring it we talked about like sexual sin and things like that but bring it back into the church. When I first came to the church, you know, they were quite clear preaching on, you know, a, a Christian 
shouldn't be entertaining any idea of marrying a non-Christian or, or you know, flirting with the idea of, of, of starting relationships and marriages with, with non-Christian people because they're unequally yoked. They, they don't agree with each other. You know, the things that are, dri are driven by a Christian and influenced by a Christian. You know, a non-Christian can't actually understand and receive and, and live by. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the same principle. You know, if you have, a, have, an, have an ear that God has given you to hear these spiritual things, then you will live by them. If you, you know, you hear yeah. these things and you don't receive, you don't mm -hmm. live by them, you will not understand. And this is what he's saying. So the one who hears, the one who conquers, I'm going to give you, yes. you know, to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise mm -hmm. of God, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the promise to Christians, to ones who receive. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to emphasize the point anyway, you know, that's what it's saying. I, I, he who hears, he, he who hears. It's so important, Ben. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you are. I think, you know, this is so important that this, the works that are evidence, you know, are, are, are evidence of faith, you know, of mm. true faith will show in our behaviours and choices and life. We mustn't yeah. be deceived. That is, it, it's not what saves us. It's our faith that, of course, makes us righteous. But true faith will always will always be evidenced by that lifestyle, those life choices of submission to the word of God and the will of God. That is the yeah. evidence, isn't it? The true evidence. Yes. I mean, the, 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 I think James says even the demons believe, but they don't they don't um, they don't serve God as Lord. They believe, but it's not going to save them. So believing in itself in the sense of, yeah, I believe that God is exist, but it's that submission and making Jesus your Lord. This is what true faith is. Yes. Tracking anything on that? Absolutely. Yes. I just, I just wanted to add, as we were just talking, the, the parable that Jesus told about the two sons, it just comes to mind when, you know, the mm. two sons and he said to them, you know, go, go and work in the field. And, uh, you know, the first one says, yes, I, I will go. And he didn't go. And the, the second son says, no, I'm not going. Then he thought about it and he went. And then Jesus asked them. He just asked the people. He said, which one of them did the will of the father? And they said, yeah, OK, this guy said he wasn't going to go, but he actually did go and do the yeah. work and i think we need to remind ourselves as that as christians that just like you rightly said just saying making saying yes i believe and then not doing anything not doing what the lord is asking us to do that there's no faith there and there, and there is um you know we have to as 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 we examine ourselves as christians we have to ask ourselves seriously you know am i really following the lord am i a disciple yeah. am, am i a christian am i have i submitted my life to him it's not enough for us just to be hearing like you, you know, we're saying, just be hearing the words, you know, hearing the messages, mm. you know, read, but we're not doing anything that we're, that we're hearing or we're listening to or we're reading ourselves. So we have to, we, we have to, I think we have to be tough on ourselves, as it were, yes, to yes. say, look, am I actually doing what, what the Lord is asking me to do here? Yeah. Know, even, even as we're going through these letters, you know, looking at them, looking at the things that God is happy with and saying, yes, I'm pleased about this. And then looking at the things that he's displeased with and said, no, I don't like this. And making sure that we're, you know, we're doing the things that he that he commends and says are good. I'm not doing the things which he doesn't like. Yes. And, and the great thing is in each of the letters, there's that call from the Lord. Even if you you think to yourself, you might look at yourself and think, ah, I, I don't feel, you know, this, this I'm, I'm living in, in line with his teaching. He says, turn, turn, change, change. I'm here to help you change. 
and do the things I'm telling you to do and you will eat of the tree of life and I give you the grace to help you make those changes to help you will and to act okay so so that's the good news don't be don't be condemned don't be discouraged yes. God will help us make the right choices and as long as we're willing and we're not you know deceiving ourselves and others then uh, God will do the rest he says as well he will in fact help us get all the way there do more than we even but but we can't all I'm saying is we can't mock God we can't pretend we can't just think that you know he sees deep into us okay let's get on to the next church to the angel of the church in Smyrna here's church number two these are the words of him who is the first, the last, and died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you into prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. Okay, this is a short letter here, and uh, the great thing about this letter is there are no sort of what's what's the word? You know, you know, no 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 things that are wrong with this church. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, I have words of. <laughs> failing me there yeah so there's there's no kind of castigation there's no reprimand here from jesus so okay so the church in smyrna who knows a bit about smyrna ben do you want to bring us in on smyrna the smyrnans the smyrnans learned a little bit about smyrna and the word it, there's some link with myrrh which is the uh, um substance that was offered to jesus you know yeah. And there was a lot of allusions about myrrh being, you know, the symbolic of um, preparation for death and uh, the smell of it and, and, and things like that. And there was lots of things about the church of myrrh being squeezed like the, the myrrh and uh, you're coming up with this sweet fragrance. Yeah, the, the church in Smyrna, I think one of those cities in the, the circular geography of, of Revelation that uh, was a, a not as prominent as Ephesus was, uh, so I heard. But um, again, was the centre of Roman emperor worship. I think they were quite favoured by Rome because they'd stood with them in, in, in different uh, battles and, and campaigns and things. And also a big centre of, of where the Jews were as well. So you had like the mix of the Romans, the Jews, and now the Christians um, in Smyrna, where you had like the emperor worship, you had the probably the, the Greek worship of the gods, and now, you know, the worship of, of Jesus and with with uh, the the Jews, they weren't actually required by the Romans to worship the emperor like um, you know the the other citizens. They didn't enforce emperor worship on them because the Romans actually respected ancient religions and you know allowed allowed for them to still worship in the synagogues and temples and and whatnot. And the Christians were seen kind of underneath the the banner of of, of Judaism. Um, because you know there was that strong link there is the strong link with Jews and Christians but they were seen as under that banner which was was good news for the Christians but the Jews in fact didn't like that very much and we will go on to to hear about how Jews were um, compared to being of the devil in this letter as well so you had you know that that city there again you know where the church had been planted uh, and there were challenges 
for for the Christians there. But Smyrna itself was a, an ancient city. Apparently, uh, one scholar I read, he tried to go back to find out where the, the city started. And the more he went back, the more that it went on and on and on. It had been kind of flattened a few times, but it always there'd always been a settlement there. And there seemed to have been a city there perpetually for, for yeah. all time. Um, so it was a very old, established, you know, place. And, and Pastor Akin, it says there, I, I, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet yes. you are rich. What, um, what, what does this bring to mind? Um, I know we, we, we touched on it already tonight, but uh, yes. I think you've got this kind of material wealth side of idea yes. of wealth. And wealth, yet in, yes. in, and God's own view of, of what, what is truly you know, treasure. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, a couple of things that I, that I came across there as Ben was talking about the city of Smyrna. It was, um, like you rightly said, the, well known for um, worshipping, first of all, the Greek gods, and then that turned into worshipping eventually the Roman emperors. And um, one, one of the things that, that I came across there, when he was saying, um, where he says here, that um, I know your works, tribulation and poverty. And he was actually saying that one of the reasons why... Um, the Christians who actually lived in Smyrna were, were actually, and we're talking about their material poverty now. Yeah. The re, one of the reasons for that was that they were being uh, persecuted by the Romans. Yeah. So they they would come and you know just come and ransack their you know their properties, yeah. sack them from their jobs. So materially, uh, in terms of money, that sort of thing, they they were quite poor because um, of their their Christian faith and belief. And it it, it does appear that at some point because of this. Um, uh, worship of the Roman emperors that uh, they had a practice whereby you um, had to burn some incense and make a declaration to say that you know Caesar is Lord and uh, because the the Christians who were following the Lord they, I mean it was a, it was if you, in one sense it was a very simple practice which wouldn't really wouldn't cost you anything but um, the fact that they had to burn incense and make that declaration that Caesar was Lord the Christians who refused to do that they were the ones who were most likely to be thrown into prison. They were the ones who were being persecuted. They were the ones who were having their things stolen and taken from them. So, in that, in the context of the material, uh, they were poor. They didn't have, they didn't have anything. But so the Lord was commending them that in the spirits that they were rich because of their faithfulness towards Him, because they refused to, you know, to compromise and to. It's like I said, it, it seemed to be a small thing, an easy thing to do, just burn some incense and say that you know Caesar is Lord. But because of their faithfulness to um, yes. to the Lord and the teaching of the apostles, they refused to even compromise, even even on that. And yes. so, yes, materially they were poor, but in, as far as the Lord were concerned, that they were they were yes, rich. Yes. Yes, I mean, in fact, Polycarp, sorry, Poly, a Polycarp, a name that Ian would know of, uh, an early church father who was actually a disciple of John, who wrote, you know, a link to, uh, you know, the early church. Polycarp was uh, in Smyrna and actually he was put to death for not worshipping the emperor when he was 86 yeah. years old um, and he was yeah. a direct disciple of John. Uh, so, Amazing. yeah, there, there's, there's some, other, you know, kind of like, obviously there was uh, over the time, there was... Uh, the Jews were persecuting mm. the Christians. The Romans were persecuting the, the Christians, and and you know we see yeah. we see how uh, how they suffered. Yes, I mean um, as you were saying, Ben, with this large, you know, large community, it seems like the, the the Christians in Smyrna were a small, you know, a real minority. They were obviously you, you know um, out of sync with what was going on, as as I suppose all of the communities were, but. Uh, the Bible clearly says, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. 
you know, where where nothing, you know, where where it won't rust, where moth can't get at it. I think even today it's so it's it's very subtle, even the pull on on Christians to focus on material wealth. And and I hear it even coming into the, you know, the doctrine and the teaching. Oh, you know, the God is calling us to build the kingdom here so that we can we can fund this and fund that and do that. And and I get that, and of course that is very true. And yet there's such a subtle thing with this that I, I've come across, you know, quite a few Christians, I would say many, who who have even said, oh, yeah, we're, we're really working hard to to develop, you know, the business and, and we want to get wealthy so that we can fund the church and fund missions. And yet they go through life and they, they're working, all, you know, all their hours and all their life and, and the 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 lives of as their children are growing and everything and yet they're not really getting to the place where they can freely just fund as this so-called dream might i suggest there's almost some deception there self-deception it's a real lure and and you know and and money and the love of money can really draw us away the love of things you know and and wanting and even it's one of the 10 commandments to do not covet um, what your 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 neighbor has do not cover mm. and we think of you know wanting well I want a bigger house I want a better place I want a better car and we can we can justify it always we say well it'd be be a better witness it'd be better for my family and it's isn't it and yet you know it says hey be be you know content keep content with mm. what 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 I've given you and work for the kingdom you know and and I will I will bless you I will give you these things but if we're sort of, yeah, I'm just saying it is a big yes. thing, this materialism and it's idolatry yes. and it's right mm -hmm. in the heart, I'm sorry, of the Western church. And it's mm -hmm. it's a real challenge. Yes. And you have to be careful, Pastor, even like you're rightly saying, to examine some of these statements as well. Because yeah. uh, like um, also I've heard people say things like Christians say things like, well, if um, if people in the world can have these things, then why can't I have them? Why yeah. should they have all, all the best things? And when, when you when you examine statements like that in the light of what the Lord is saying here, where he's saying to um, these Christians in Smyrna to say, yes, you know, it, you pop, it, in terms of material things, you might be poor, but in terms of spiritual things, you're rich. So if we if we turn that around, I mean, the, the answer to the question, well, if uh, people in the world, non-Christians, they can have all these things, why can't I? Yes. The answer to that question is because you are not, <laughs> you, you, are, you are a believer, you're a follower of Christ. So um, it's not necessarily nothing, nothing necessarily saying that, um, you know, we're not saying these things are wrong, as you're saying, That's but right. the yes. pursuit yes. of these things and making them a priority over our pursuit of the Lord, our relationship with God and, and seeking him. That's where we, we, we have problems. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if you think of the heroes of faith, you know, it says others were tortured, refused to be released so they might gain a better resurrection they faced jeers and flogging others were chained put in prison they were stoned sawn in two put to death they went about in sheepskins and goatskins destitute persecuted mistreated the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground these were the rich in these were all commended for their faith um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we've got to be careful. And yes, Pastor Akin, we've got to get that balance. These things are not wrong, but let's be careful and not be deceived. Wonderful. OK, so that's um, 
Thank you. Yes, uh, Chantil, they were rich in spirit because of their faithfulness to the Lord, unwavering faith. Amen. Then we say, I know the slander of those who say they're Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. There's a lot of interpretations of what this could mean. We think of what might be called Judaizing the, um, the church, trying to take believers back. And there's quite a bit in the New Testament of, you know, Paul says, why are you trying to get these believers, let's say, circumcised and, and almost going back into the law? And so it could be that that was going on. Um, and, and we've got, you know, those of, who are Jews in their heart. So, yes, Jews by by bloodline and, and being part of the family of God, the, the Israeli Jews there. But also it's necessary still to be a true pe people of God. You've got to to have the faith of of God. It's not just about following practices. So, yeah, but I think we need to be very careful there. And we were having this discussion earlier. People have used verses like this to um, to justify anti-Semitism. And if you think of the say taking a phrase like the synagogue of Satan, but that is wrong. That is not true. That is not saying that, um, you know, God is finished with the Jews. Um, this replacement theology that, that is around in places is absolutely wrong and is evil. God, uh, you know, has got his his he is the God of the promises and he's not finished with the Jewish people. He's promised that, you know, he is their Messiah. And he says one day all Israel will be saved. There is a, a revelation. And, and anyway, we won't go on there too much, but let's be careful not to promote this kind of replacement theology or anti-Semitism. We better move on because we've not got too much time. <laughs> um, I, I want to try and finish this, um, the, the Smyrna church tonight. So then it goes on to, again, it's talking about a persecution that's coming. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you the crown of life. I just want to maybe because this is he who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. So let's finish. We've got uh, in this last sort of 10 minutes about this, this kind of persecution business. Now, this is the church. There are no admonishments. They've, they've not done anything wrong. And yet it says they will face this persecution and testing. What, what do you make of that? I, I looked at it and, um, you know, there's, there's different interpretations, but on the face of it, they're in a place where, you know, they've got the, the Romans potentially against them, the Jews definitely against them. It's saying, you know, be prepared for, you know, imprisonment, be prepared for death, basically saying uh, yeah. you're going to be tougher. You might be tested for 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life is the, the end of that little section there. And it says at the end of Revelation in Revelation 12, the accuser of our brothers is thrown down. They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Yeah. So it's saying, you know, there will be, you know, the Romans had a, a kind of um, practice where they would throw people into jail for like a period of, say, 10 days before trial. Uh, and then it would either be release or execution. And so 
the Lord is on my saying to them, be ready, be ready. And, and, and if it's if it's um, freedom, then praise the Lord. If it's death, then praise the Lord. You know, it's uh, saying be ready for both. That bit at the end, the, the crown of life, like a reoccurring theme for for Christians is that's what we're when he's talking about the crown of life that's mentioned again and again in scripture he talks about a crown of glory in Isaiah an imperishable crown in Corinthians a crown of righteousness in Timothy and this is all about this overcoming that uh, it, it seems to be the theme of the letter to Smyrna this overcoming practice which is like you know the struggle is tribulation and poverty but you you know that might be materially but in the spirit you're rich slander of the yes. jews but they're the synagogue of satan the suffering the prisoner testing but you will get the crown of life there's this this backwards and forwards you know with the with the the suffering versus the victory that they have and jesus right at the start of the letter saying these are the words of the first and the last who died and came to life i know death he's saying i know death i've been there and i've faced it and i've conquered and be encouraged because you know i'm the one who's never going to leave you and i understand where you are and what's happening i've been through it and i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you and if you overcome whatever circumstance you're in you will get the crown of life just stay true to the faith you know yeah, staying true yeah. to the faith is this thing that we've been discussing really yes, yeah. so persecution like that even unto the point of death i mean that was obviously relevant in, um, you know, the Roman times back then. But, um, you know, what's it got to do with, with us today? It's a kind of leading <laughs> question, and I, I, I've got some thoughts <laughs> on it. Do you think we could face this kind of, is it possible in the West? I mean, things are so comfortable, have been so comfortable in some ways. You know, what what's the worst that we can face for standing up for our faith? Or is persecution and martyrdom a, a very real thing happening in the present world today, right now, around this world? I mean, I, I know I know the answer to that one, but does anyone want to pick up on that? Well, Pastor Akin, what's your thoughts on this? Yes, yes like I mean, like you said, Pastor Ian, I think m most Christians are, are aware that there are certain parts of the, the world today where this is, is, is very real. This is actually happening right now. So um, even though we might, Christians in the West may not be experiencing this now, there are Christians in other parts of the world that are experiencing this. The question you ask about could this happen here? It, it has happened here before, in this nation before, where um, Christians were persecuted and they they were martyred in this country. And in this uh, town. To, to look into, yeah, it has happened before in this country. So to say that it can never happen here, I, I don't know any a very brave uh, person, I guess, would be able to make that sort of a declaration. It's not impossible. I, we, we have to. We have to we have to take that into consideration that it's not impossible we don't know things change so quickly now you know from where we were 30 or 40 years ago to where we are now and looking into the future 20 30 40 years into the future who's to say that that those sort of things can't happen in, in this country mm. so um I, I, we can't rule it out we can't say it's impossible it will never happen uh, the the only thing as you alluded to previously is that you know that the lord knows these things that was why he was preparing this church beforehand yes. before they had to face these things and he's actually quite interesting that he says it's the devil who's doing that and he doesn't promise to come and deliver them from this he says indeed the devil is about uh, to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and he doesn't say the lord doesn't say i'm going to come and deliver you from that but instead he's encouraging them not to be afraid uh, you know when these tests come uh, because and and as you, you rightly said as he's the lord himself has said because there is a reward 
for those who pass that test. And um, that's why he comes beforehand to prepare and to encourage. And uh, he doesn't encourage the Christians there to, you know, to take authority over the devil and, and that sort of a thing. But he encourages them not to be afraid, as Ben said, to reassure them that, you know, that's why he, he comes right at the beginning to say, you know, I'm the first, the last, the one who died, but now is raised back to life again to give them that assurance that, you know, he has even overcome death yeah. itself. Yes, if you, it made me think as we were talking about, even in this letter, you know, the levels of persecution and, and it's almost like stages. First of all, there's a sort of, if we think about, right, those of you who are Christians, because we, we could even look at what happened to the Jews in Germany and, and in, in, in the other nations that German, during the, you know, just before the Second World War. They, they were suddenly, they were identified first and set apart and then they were, you know, they had to wear these these stars on them, uh, the Star of David, didn't they, to identify. It affected their employment. A lot of them lost their jobs. They couldn't work in the good jobs. And so, and this was very quick. And, and then suddenly they, things were taken from them, their businesses, their goods. Uh, then they were hoarded together. Then, you know, it, it increased bit by bit, but very quickly. And then suddenly they were attacked, they were killed, they were systematically, you know, martyred, murdered. And, and you know, that, that happens in, 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 to Christians around the world, in communities, a similar kind of steps of persecution. And we shouldn't think that that couldn't happen to us. I just want to say, not, not by way of being alarmist, or, but we need to, you know, we need to establish that faith and that strength and that overcoming spirit in God ourselves with our relationship to God, with our prayer life, with our intimacy with him. And then the things that money cannot buy, you know, which is love, the love, knowing love, joy, peace, you know, faithfulness. These things only God can give. Even, you know, the, the, the wealthiest person in the world, uh, they can long after these things and not have them. We've We've seen them, you know, celebrities committing suicide because they're so lonely or so depressed. And yet, you know, we can have these treasures in, in our relationship with God. And, and so that we could even be in a prison, as we've seen, you know, in the scriptures where they were worshipping and enjoying that intimate fellowship with God and going, knowing as well that we're stepping in, stepping through the curtain into a place of everlasting joy and an amazing thing so great that no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has even conceived what god has prepared the promised land this is what we live for the promised land trusting the promise keeper we don't have our eyes set on trying to hold on and grab what's here this is to encourage you saints as you um you know as as, as you joining in this bible study it says he who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. So once you've mm. crossed over through the curtain with the first death, everyone's go doing that. But then you've got no worries. You're with the Lord forever. And so be encouraged by that. Well, thanks, friends. We've come to the end of tonight. We've come to the end of the church in Smyrna, the letter. And next week, we'll pick up on the letter to the church in Pergamum. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for your comments. Any last comments, uh, brothers? Let's start with Ben. 
<laughs> well, I just, I just thought, you know, it, we looked at the tree of life and the promise, the promise that is ours, you know, to eat from the tree of life. And it says yeah. at the end of Revelation, those who have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb, which means repentance, uh, are given the right to eat from the tree of life and enter into the kingdom uh, at the end of time. So that's, you know, it's just, this has been such an encouragement. Overcome, overcome, overcome and seek that intimacy with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, That's it. What, what, what's Can't the... add to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's the um, overcoming songs um, that, that uh, you know, even very, very old ones. Um, uh, what was it? We shall, we shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. in my heart I do believe we shall overcome someday bless you all guys <laughs> have a great um, week and uh, thank you for joining us bye Amen. bye, bye.